Nintendo. Just a quick audio footnote. This week, you got to hear music from Super Soul Brothers, an awesome live band that plays video game music. You can check them out on supersoulbrothers.com. For the week of September 10th, 2015, I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. I got a full house today, so let's go around the room. First of all, returning, Per Schneider. Breath, breath. Impersonating <laughs> a barapper. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, Brian's not with us today. Yeah. That's Per's way of telling you that. Are yes. you doing well? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I just got back from Chicago. I had a nice little trip out there. Okay, it was cool, good. cool, yeah. nice. All right, joining us once again also, Callie Plaguey. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm... You're not impersonating a bracket. No, that was me being slightly British. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And lastly, making a return appearance, Francisco Velasquez from our IGN engineering team. Welcome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm Francisco Velasquez, mold developer here at IGN. I'm very grateful to be here once again, returning. Yeah. Absolutely, right. dude. Yeah. All right. So first thing, first order of business, Super Mario Maker is out uh, tomorrow nice. on uh, the 11th. That's good. Yes. Um, we're excited. We've said nothing but great things about that game on this program. Do we have anything left to say about that game is my question. Well, only there's the uh, the, the patch that slightly changes the way things are unlocked, mm. but it's it's not completely clear to me yet. That is a substantial difference. Now, I, I didn't have a huge issue with the timed kind of rollout. First of all, you can break it by doing the, uh, you know, the, doing the roll back the clock trick, of course, and then, oh, roll and then forward moving the forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to. I can't no, live no, no. in the future. I no, got to no, go no. back first. Hang on. You can go to the future nine <laughs> days and then oh. come back oh, see. to the day that it is. I, it's I, amazing. Backwards time travel is not, not possible. <laughs> Watch out for no, the Libyans. But, but it's, it's slightly different, exactly. <laughs> um, it's slightly different now uh, but we don't know exactly I mean like there there are certain conditions when you meet them you use a certain number of blocks something may unlock but there's still weight built in I don't have an issue with it if you want to cheat you can still cheat okay yeah I I think uh, sort of getting worked up over the nine day thing was a little strange especially because you can get around it however I do think it's smart because it it forces you to just kind of learn the tools as they come you should definitely Mm -hmm. check it out Uh, I recommend keeping on that program but uh, I don't blame you if you are dying to make you like you have a dream course in mind and so that's what you want the chat the issue with the unlock now as it's out in the wild is of course there are people who have all the pieces and so you're, you're playing other people's levels and you're like what that's awesome I want yeah. sound effects and then it becomes an issue if everybody was on the same tile yeah. set just mm-hmm. like you know in Splatoon where everybody gets the new level at the same time mm-hmm. it'd be a different story sure sure but, sure yeah. so you had a pretty cool experience uh, yesterday with Super Mario Maker Francisco why don't you tell that story a little bit yeah so uh, my wife Bianca who's not really a gamer I gave her over the gamepad so she could try out Mario Maker and she first did the the great intro that's one of the best intros in gaming history where like from the title screen you're in like what it looks like level 1-1 and then she's playing through it and there's just this pit 
And then I remember you were telling her, just jump, just jump. <laughs> she takes the leap of faith. And then Mario comes to the rescue and said, you know, they start teaching you. But no, yeah, she had a great time. She's, like I said, not a gamer, but she was enjoying herself. And yeah, So we, she made a stage. Yeah, she didn't she just do the stage. blueprint stage. She then went on to make more of a stage or did she just tinker that stage? No, yeah, she went and made a, an actual underground level. And she made a pyramid of Goombas. And <laughs> she was just having a blast with the game. And it's yeah. like, it's cool because it's so plain playful once you place a piece right it makes that sound yeah. I feel like that's how they get casual gamers too like you fill in the gaps in the very first level and you like block 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 right like mm -hmm. it's just fun to create yeah I was gonna say do you think it's something that would bring her into gaming more because I've only ever talked to other like pretty hardcore into gaming people about Super mm -hmm. Mario Maker yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it does bring her in because, yeah, I'm excited to play more of her creations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very cool. Awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, ultimately now the power is in your hands, listener. And what we want from you is if you email us at mvc at IGN.com, send us good levels. Don't don't waste <laughs> our time with, like, trolley levels or, uh. you know, like gimmicky stuff. Like, if it's something you're really proud of, if this is the thing that you would turn in uh, as a kindergartner, like, yes, I made this thing and it's amazing. <laughs> like, send that in. Like, yeah. We want to check it out because we have a series we're doing uh, here called Made in Mario where we are trying to sort of find cool levels to recommend to the people on the internet. Yeah, I would say don't send your first level. Um, <laughs> you know, unless you're an amazing designer and that this level has been in your brain the entire time. Like, always, you know, send your best level. Create a couple and then pick one. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. All right, cool. So then uh, let's move on to, to the big business at this table. <laughs> Oh, man, this week, Pokemon Company, Holy Nintendo, <laughs> and a company that some people may know and some people may not know, but Niantic Labs mm -hmm. announced a unique partnership where there is a Pokemon game coming to mobile that is unlike any Pokemon game I think I've seen before, mm -hmm. but also very much like some Pokemon games I've seen before. So let, let's, let's try and give as much context to this conversation as we can. Francisco, I want to throw the ball in your court to give people bit of a, pi a picture of what is Niantic and Niantic. where did they come from? Yeah, so Niantic uh, started as a startup at Google and they created a very popular game called Ingress, which just in the uh, Google Play Store alone, they have over 2 million downloads. Wow. And if you watch that press conference uh, where uh, Nintendo had um, Ingress in at the stage, they showed pictures of people actually making gatherings for the uh, for the game Ingress. Uh, when I play the game, they usually send you a mailing. Uh, you get subscribed to a mailing list. Uh, it's a very involved game. And what I really like about it is that um, it pushes people to go outside. Mm -hmm. So it's not a game you just sit at home and you open up your cell phone and just sit there. They actually, they, the game wants you to go outside, explore. Um, you know, they have uh, what they're called portals, which are hidden in monuments or at parks and stuff like that. So they want people to be aware of their surroundings exploring. So they use real-life map data, basically, and then place items or events, set up events around the cities, right? I mean, there have been a couple of AR games. Uh, what's actually surprising is that Nintendo, with the 3DS 
kicked off AR for their handhelds as well, did a little bit with it, and then just dropped it, right? Mm -hmm. well, I'm, it's, yeah. it's interesting, but some of these, uh, the AR guy games, the smart ones, rely on there being a lot of people with a game and a yeah. lot of people with a device out in public. Yeah, and right. the better AR games, I would argue, try to factor in GPS, location, like real world, whereas Nintendo stuff was really kind of separated from that. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, and maybe it's because of the camera they went with at the time, mm -hmm. but it was very creaky technology. Like, it felt like... It was based on like using a physical point uh, for the camera to track and then generate sort of a, 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 an artificial image. Yeah. Um, and it, w it was cool, but it wasn't, I feel, enough. No, you and know, it was a cool yeah. little thing you got with your 3DS. And uh, yeah, obviously, the reason you need a mobile phone for it, apart from the fact that everyone has one in their pocket, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you want your monsters to, um, is ah. that, oh, you got that, um, <laughs> is that it's always connected. Right, yeah. like you, you cannot duplicate this experience in the with the 3DS. You can't even do it with, uh, you know, the Vita because the market is split on how many people actually have a, have mm -hmm. a connection on the go. Right, and like that's why taking this concept, using this concept on mobile, that's really the only platform you can mm -hmm. do it right. I feel that's like. right. That's right. Um, All right. So then we saw the trailer. We saw. Sort of what a, do you think of the pitch. trailer? What did you think? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to Cali here. Yeah. So I we went through that trailer piece by piece. Um, and it was interesting because it reminded me of a lot of bits and pieces reminded me of past Pokemon experience, uh, experiments. Mm -hmm. So um, during the press conference for Pokemon Go, they kind of related it to Pokemon Snap uh, as far as the interface goes. And then the Pokemon Go Plus, which is that little peripheral that mm -hmm. is like a Pokeball, but it's shaped like a Geotag, mm -hmm. um, which at first I was like, why is it a melting Pokeball? <laughs> it's, it's I thought cute. that was really clever. You yeah. take that back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, why totally is it? Kidding. It's, it's like a little... Uh, yeah, why is it that maps? shape? It's like a tier... It looks like a spot on a map when yeah, you put like a marker. Ah, yeah. The is. whole game gotcha. is like GPS oriented, okay. so they uh -huh. made it... Little, it's a, it was clever. I, okay. At first I didn't get it, and then... Yeah. I thought about it, um, but that I thought it was like a Salvador Dali Pokemon. Yeah, I yeah. was like, so this is like the melting clocks of Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but that reminded me of the Pokewalker from 2010 with totally. HeartGold and SoulSilver. Um, and the Pokewalker was integrated with the main series of Pokemon games. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested to see how does yeah. Pokemon Go and or the Pokemon Go Plus integrate with the main yeah, series Yeah, and of if games. you think about it, the concept did kind of cro does cross over a little bit, right? Like the idea behind the Pokewalker was that you would have an interaction point with Pokemon and you would take them for a walk. And while you yeah. were walking, you were gaining, uh, what was it, like experience of some kind or just abilities? I forget. Yeah, you you get, were basically you unlocking got, things. You got experience, that. items, you could um, get eggs or hatch eggs that way. It's, yeah. mm -hmm. It was five years ago, yeah. so it's funny. But it's but interesting because this is like a spinoff, but it is unlike any spinoff I've seen before where, you know, you've seen your Mystery Dungeons, you've seen your Pokemon Snap, you've seen your Pokemon Shuffle, and each one either said, oh, you got to catch them all, but they mm -hmm. won't do trading. Or you're going to battle, mm -hmm. but you can't battle other players. Mm -hmm. or, this thing seems to incorporate everything. It's so, really surprising to me how deep this appears to go. Just right. for people who haven't haven't followed the announcement, right? The trailer they showed was live action. It was, you know, part of it was a little kind of cloying, hey, look at beautiful Gen Y people, right? But it was also really well done. You mm -hmm. know, the way they integrated the CG Pokemon into the real world in that trailer and like that sense of everybody fighting Mewtwo together was really cool. I yeah. thought they did a nice job with that. But, so, but what is the product? The product is a, a game you buy on your Android or iOS device, and it is a watch that connects via Bluetooth to your yes. phone, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. So and those two work hand in hand. Yeah. Is it either or? Is it both the, always? I or? don't think you need the Pokemon right? Go That's, Plus. Yeah. The, the no. idea, and this kind of goes back to what you said, Francisco, about um, wanting people to go outside with the game, explore mm -hmm. with the game, um, is 
that the idea behind the Pokemon Go Plus is that it'll vibrate. It can be a watch or a clip-on, like on your belt or your T-shirt or something. Um, and so you can press buttons on that that will interact with the game so you don't always have to be looking at your phone. Yep. Um, they said during the press conference that they really do want people to be more aware of their surroundings, and that's one of the inspirations for Pokemon Go was everybody has a cell phone. We're all looking at them all the time. Why don't we take that and make it better for people? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, there were actually two things that stood out to me from this announcement. Uh, the very first thing that stood out to me was that um, uh, it kind of takes it all the way back to uh, the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi, and how he got inspired to make the series. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, stories that he got inspired to make Pokemon because as a kid, he was a big uh, bug catcher mm -hmm. and he would uh, collect them. And uh, this reminds me, uh, you know, with this game, you would be actually able to go outside and, uh, you know, walk around. And then um, the second thing that uh, uh, interested me was the uh, the Pokemon movie, the very first one. Uh, I believe uh, where Mew and Mewtwo are creator mm -hmm. is in South America. And I was like, if they have a Mew in South America, I'm booking a flight yeah. just to catch <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, you yeah, you're really those cool. links, huh? Yeah, which I, I was kind of wondering that too. Like, how, how far will you have to go for some of these? And what's yeah. going to happen if you live in the middle of nowhere? Like, I mean, if you have poor signal, if you, if you are in a location that doesn't have a reliable signal, like is Wi-Fi enough to get you through this experience? Right. Like, what's going to happen and there? And the difference between public transit in Japan and public transit in other places is pretty significant. Japan, it's a little easier to get around if you're in Tokyo and mm -hmm. be able to go to different regions of Tokyo and um, catch different Pokemon that way. I can't imagine doing that, like, in my hometown, for example, where there was a bus system that barely worked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's interesting. But I'm they randomize stuff too, right? Sure. Yeah. Like there's definitely programming going on. And if, if there are a lot of people coming together in certain cities um, to catch Pokemon, you'll know they'll program more to those cities, whereas right. like for everywhere else, they'll have uh, smart automation and integration. But right, right. I, I mean, I really, I really like this concept. I was always hoping for a game that wasn't that wasn't Pokemon super light on the mobile phones. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they have everything that you need right. in there. Yeah. The question is, how many Pokemon will there be, right? Like well, we, they only showed Gen 1. They, yeah, we don't know that yet. How many microtransactions but, will there be? But so, so far, so question. good. Um, yeah. On the point of, of only showing Gen 1, um, I... That was weird to me because they could have shown newer Pokemon, um, yeah. but, but that I, is the most iconic. Genre. I also, mm. yeah, I also think that they're trying to appeal to older players here because um, I've talked about this before, but kids don't always have smartphones. I think younger more than you think now. Yeah, I it's would not buy my kid a smartphone. Really <laughs> think about it though. They it's went the first request on the Christmas list when hey, they're like nine think or about ten. It. I would not be surprised. Like twelve year olds take the bus to school by themselves. Do you want to know where they are? Do you want to be able to reach them in an emergency? I, I think as a parent, I can phone. tell you. I always <laughs> said no, and then suddenly you're sitting there and you have an old iPhone because you upgrade it. It's very easy to give oh. your kid an iPhone. Yeah. Well, yeah. But still, there were there were um, only a few kids in that trailer. It was mostly kind of mm -hmm. young adults, yeah. and so I did think. Maybe they're they're using Gen One to appeal to nostalgia, or maybe people who dropped off from the main series. They want to get them back into. I the I think main that's a great series. point. Most of the mm -hmm. people in that trailer were older folks, yeah. or mm -hmm. like the the girl in Times Square at the end. Which I do want to segue to the raid that yeah. they talked about. <laughs> the raid was awesome. They called, so it, cool. they called it a raid, <laughs> and people were running through Forty Second Street <laughs> to try and uh, basically work together to battle a muse. So Francisco, I want to ask I mean, you. Too. 
a Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Sorry, a Mewtwo. Corrected. Yeah. Uh, but, they have um, different Pokedex numbers, Jose. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was one 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 fifty two. Mew, you can just talk into joining you. Yeah. So cute. It's cute. It's true. Um, but uh, outside of having to travel to South America for a Mew, uh, what I do want to <laughs> ask you, Francisco, is what was there a similar concept in Ingress, like something where there was an event that everyone sort of worked together to, to defeat? Or compete in? Uh, yeah, actually, we have a uh, thing from this morning when we went to uh, pick up uh, Amiibos at the store, and we were kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there were really no portals to capture, but if you go out to a more popular area, like here in San Francisco, you get closer to the Golden Gate Bridge. There are bigger portals, and yeah, the the people at Ingers, they do um, make events so people gather together, hmm. uh, like popular big monuments like the Golden Gate Bridge. Are okay. there location-exclusive events or...? Uh, I'm separate? not sure about that. Mm. Okay, yeah. that's a good question. I guess the last uh, thing I want to ask you is, uh, wait, did you want to no, add I'm, to the No, I'm just curious. How was the reception of by fans? Like, it what have to be you heard very from positive. Pokemon fans? Uh, it seemed to be very positive, at least feedback-wise. Because it's always tough to cut through the kind of the snarky console gamer mentality where, mm-hmm. like, anything going to a mobile game, they object because that's not a platform they game on. But, like... The general reaction seemed really positive from what I saw. Yeah, a lot of my friends who aren't as dedicated to the main series of Pokemon games were very, very excited to go back to mm-hmm. to it through this mm-hmm. venue, right? Um, like Eric Sapp, who works here, is not super into Pokemon, and he is stoked <laughs> about this game. Nice, because nice. of the he AR. He screamed and ran out of the room he was, with he, his beard. He texted me in all caps. <laughs> he was so excited. Nice. Um, because it's it's kind of like you're one step closer to Pokemon in real life, which is all all of us Pokemon nerds. Yeah. Like That's what we want, to yeah. be Pokemon well, masters in real life. Yeah, and this thing, if anything, is the closest thing to the MMO concept without tying you to a computer mm-hmm. playing an MMO, which I think you know people have wanted that for years, and my argument has always been MMOs are not for kids. This is not going to – I don't think this would fly based on those reasons. Pokemon mm-hmm. always has to be accessible to everyone. I think that's their, their biggest goal with that right. franchise. And you, the minute you tie it up in an MMO, that becomes a bit too hardcore. Yeah. Um, so this phone thing is absolutely the best way to marry that to a, a – con- I mean, yeah. it has a raid. Come on. I think it's awesome. I, yeah. and, and, like, to me it's a sign that, you know, Nintendo is willing to take some – new steps on tried and true franchises too, right? Like a lot of people always ask for the Pokemon MMO. Mm. You know, like can we all work together in this big world? This is a step towards that, testing out, you know, with the one system that has the least friction with being connected, the mobile phone, with his, which is huge mm-hmm. in Japan as well, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. like, general kind of console online gaming is not huge over there. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is a good first step. Yep, yep. Yeah. So this is coming in uh, 2016. There is a closed beta in winter of 2015. So uh, I don't know if sign-up information has been revealed yet, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for this stuff. So I have two questions for you. Do you think this is part of Nintendo's overall mobile strategy when they talked about mobile games, or is this outside and more uh, Pokemon company let me, driven? Let me stop you there. One. Remember, Pokemon company is a separate entity. Exactly. Nintendo mm-hmm. is one of three partners at that table. So yep. I would say no. No, this is but separate, in a year right? that Nintendo was going mobile, there's no way. Pokemon was not going to mm-hmm. take a serious step towards but, the mobile direction. But I feel like this was in the works before even kind of like the announcements of oh. Nintendo embracing Pokemon because we also saw the trading card game already from the, the Pokemon uh, company, right? Mm-hmm. Going going to mobile forms. Right. The second is, is this 
one of the quality of life products that we've heard about? <laughs> uh, it is definitely a wearable, I guess. Is it? Would that qualify? Yeah. The Pokemon uh, Go Plus? Well, it gets you out and out moving, no? Yeah, actually. Oh, oh, go ahead, no. Uh, I, I had a request, and I don't know if it would make it through, but, you know, wearables up and coming. Uh, we already have a wearable from Apple, the Apple Watch, and Android's pushing Android Wear. And I, I was hoping, I know they announced the Go Plus, but it would be also awesome if they did make a wearable app. Uh, because then you're start you're, you're gonna start wearing all these wearables like your Apple Watch, your Pokemon Go Plus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your Google Glass. And yeah. Do you have an yeah. Apple Watch? Ah, uh, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got one for the office though. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah I've seen you wear one in the office, yeah. but yeah. you were just kind of developing some stuff for it for IGN, yeah. right? Like playing around with watch face and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Man, you just made an interesting point that just the wearable thing to me, I think if if and when Nintendo is ready to enter that market, first of all, the sleep thing, I don't know how that fits into that, but it would not shock me if we Fit was the vehicle for mm-hmm. whatever this thing is just mm-hmm. because of how well that did. But when you look at how that did on Wii U, it did not do quite as well. No. Right. So maybe that could be I think it's in too. that yeah. I think it's in that wheelhouse is yeah. where I would pit that bet versus yeah. anywhere else. Well, I mean, Wii Fit was a huge success because everybody had already bought the machine for Wii Sports. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you released this hardware add-on that did something very unique at the time, right? Now you can get an Xbox One with a subscription to their fitness plans. And, like, it's no longer that unique. But Mm -hmm. maybe they got a great idea for something wearable that ties in with mobile phones. We'll see, right? Because it is a known brand still. I'm still hoping for, like, in the Pokemon anime, you get, like, a little Pokedex thing pop up when you (laughs) see the Pokemon in real life. And it's, like, Pidgey. The bird Pokemon. I, like, I would, oh, I that voice. That, yeah, I, that would be good. That would complete my whole life. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what that would be a quality of life device yeah. in my mind. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I think one thing though that will definitely be um, uh, the thing to watch out for, at, at least in terms of this reception and when it comes out, this game, is what it's going to do to your phone. I mean, we had this conversation Battery. a little bit, right? So yes. what is it? What do we got going on here? Got a drink. Yeah. Them so all. the Pokemon Go Plus is already using uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth low mm-hmm. energy. Uh, the app itself is using uh, GPS to track your location and alert you if there's a Pokemon nearby. So, uh, and then if you, ha- on top of that, you have a, a wearable device. So, if you're one of those lucky p- users out there with a Apple Watch, uh, yeah, your phone's definitely gonna take a hit on battery life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and those, data. Yeah, too. and Oof. data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotta drain them all. You yeah. th- that's gotta pretty good. It's not a lot of, <laughs> uh, but it's not a lot of data they're sending through. I feel like you know, mm-hmm. and Nintendo. Nintendo has always been pretty good at optimizing, and obviously this mobile company is smart about that too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see. I'd, I'd be surprised if it if it made a huge dent into your data plan yeah. and and how it works. But I think another mm-hmm. bummer is, and this is something that affects Pokemon Shuffle, which we also had a, a, br- a recent encounter with, which is when a, with this game with Pokemon Go, it makes sense that it has to communicate with a server for the whole GPS thing mm-hmm. for the whole you know. Shuffle is a game that just came out, which is about, you know, sort of the match three concept. If you are not in a place with signal, you cannot play that game. Right. Mm. That is a huge bummer. Um, I feel like unless you're making a transaction to the store and you're trying to buy something, why does that have to be that way? Mm. And I worry that with this game, I do feel some people are going to try and jump in and maybe not want to opt into some of the GPS stuff. Do they still get an experience or are they completely barred from it? I don't know. I feel like if this game's selling point is real-life GPS-based mm-hmm. encounters, it's kind of tough to 
to make the argument yeah. that it should work without it. You know? Okay. Like, Whereas I, with Shuffle, yeah. it, it doesn't make yeah. sense. I mean, yeah. you, you buy, you get this game because of that fact. It's like when you download Waze, right? You're not downloading going like, I want to see maps when I don't have GPS, right? Like, it feels like you're opting into that experience. Yeah, yes. yeah. If the whole concept of the game is yeah. the GPS tagging of Pokemon, that okay. I don't think that would be considered exclusionary. Whereas with Pokemon Shuffle, that is very strange. There's no reason have, for there's it. No exactly. Reason. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It right. feels like something you should be able to play on an airplane. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything to add? Uh, no, just uh, well, I was gonna add that there are APIs in both iOS and Android that. Um, track your location but in a battery efficient way that Mm -hmm. it will only report your location when you moved a significant amount so it won't track you like meter by meter but within like kilometers so Mm -hmm. there are battery efficient ways to pull your location Mm -hmm. so Uh, you're still on the metric system huh yeah Yeah. kilometers yeah (laughs) nice uh and api for folks at home who don't know what that means just oh okay yeah so if you're doing software development ios and android and api is just like uh, a function that apple provides if you're doing ios in their uh, mobile development system so yeah Cool, cool. And this is why we have him on the show, ladies and gentlemen. He breaks it down. All right. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I don't think you're going to be here. You're not going to be able to stay with no, us? No, I have to go man the iOS development. Yes. Are going to fix some bugs? I'm going to go fix some bugs. Yeah, okay. So we're going to lose Francisco. Thank you so much for joining us. When we come back, we have still some more things to discuss. Stay with us. Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. And Callie Plegi. Hello. Uh, Francisco will no longer be with us for this half Aww. of the show, but we do have to keep discussions going. And the first thing I want to talk about is some NPD numbers came out, or some numbers from Nintendo, because NPD, which is a monthly report on sort of the top-selling games uh, that doesn't tell you numbers but tells you the order in which they were ranked, um, came out. Not a big surprise, uh, no big or solo Nintendo title in the top 10. There was no big release in uh, August. So but there were some big releases on the other machines, right? There were, yeah. yes. Madden NFL, uh, well, Minecraft wasn't uh, last month, but Minecraft is forever it's always last month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's updated Ultimate. every month. Yeah. So. Right. GTA V, uh, the one cross-platform title, which is on Wii U, is LEGO Jurassic World. Uh, and then you had Rare Replay, Until Dawn, Call of Duty Black Ops Combo Pack, Batman Arkham Knight, and Rare. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare is still selling. Yeah, really? I mean it's a, it's yes. the it's it's funny because we um the Destiny wasn't in there. No. But Destiny is going to be in there now again, Next you know. Month and for so sure. we we sometimes get the questions, why do you cover certain games uh, the way you cover them, right? Like Destiny's one of them, Call of Duty's one of them, Grand Theft Auto's one, one, one of them, Metal Gear's one Always of them. And it's like comments. these are so big. There's just such a broad audience of people who buy these games for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, we don't cover Madden enough, you know. Yeah. Right. No, we don't. Uh so that and Pokemon. From Nintendo, uh, we got a few numbers. Out. First of all, Splatoon sold 600,000 copies in the U.S. That's great. That's, That's amazing, good. Yeah. yeah Much franchise. better than I thought it would do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that absolutely. makes me happy. Yeah. 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 You have joined the Splatoon at the Inkling Splatoon. Pool. That's right. Over yes. a million a units now. in Japan, too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does still feel like it's just Japan playing, though. When I get on in the evening to play 
all the players are Japanese. That happens mm. to me too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun because I can practice my kana though, because I'm trying to read their names. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I guess that's true. But um, it's still a game that, for the most part, the people who love it are still talking about it. Like it, just today, we're getting another weapon. Uh, there's a mm. new nozzle nose coming out uh, tonight. What? That's a weapon. <laughs> that's a weapon. Don't don't make fun of me. That's a weapon. Uh, <laughs> You're it's a, a nozzle it's, nose. It's a thing. <laughs> um, so uh, that that's each week this rollout really worked in a favor. We talked about that before. If you are on the fence about this thing, I really recommend. That you check it out mm. uh, because today it's a much different game. Yeah, it's just a really good game. Yeah. I, we, we talk about Splatoon a lot, but it's because it is very unique in the lineup of Nintendo games and how they replicated the fun of kind of classic Mario Kart at home online. It's just such a tense game, man. Yeah. Like yeah. down to the last minute, you were sitting there going, oh, yeah. Sometimes you're just owning another <laughs> team, but the, the matchmaking or now is, is good good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always nice when you get the results and it's like within such a small... Oh, yeah portion of a percent you're like yes yeah, yeah. i'm the best yeah. you know, and that's my favorite too when like yeah. uh, the cat is sort of deciding and you're looking at the pain behind him and you you're go like, like i'm not can't. sure so, i don't know i don't know yeah. and then but my my least favorite thing is that that cat also does that when you have been wiped out yeah. he's just there like i wonder who's gonna win that's like it no like, it should be more obvious <laughs> like he, he should he should be standing there like shaking his head or Face something calming or something no the best endings are when you're almost <laughs> even and then there's this last ink strike uh, on the map screen going, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, you know. Absolutely, all right. It's, Splatoon's always the one. I was talking to somebody um, the other day about uh, they're getting a Wii U for Mario Maker, for mm. Super Mario mm -hmm. Maker. And I was like, if you're going to do that, you have to get Splatoon. Like, mm. it's always one I recommend yeah. to people, and they don't think about kind of first. But yeah, I yeah, just, no, definitely. I really love that It'd be game. nice if that bundle was available in other stores. I think it's Best Buy only. Really? Which is a, a shame. Because, we, might, yeah. we might have to get a second Wii U in the house this year, mm. just because of Splatoon. and GM money. Yeah. Well, no, daughter Christmas present. Don't listen to this, honey. Whoa. Well, well. yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then uh, also we heard Nintendo sold 7 million Amiibo uh, in the U.S. as well. Dang. That's big. Not even a year. Uh, it's going on a year real soon. I think November 21st It's big. It could be bigger. Could be bigger, but yeah. I, I mean, mean, if you, you could, compare if you it to them. look at Skylanders <laughs> and Infinity, and you know, all of which sell at much higher numbers, you know, add add zeros right. is what I'd say for those. But they are also widely available. Uh, yeah, I was like, gonna say the Amiibos have that restriction on them that there are only so many Mario's people want to buy. Makes you wonder. Uh, and yep. we've talked about this before. I think that the Smash set was both the best and worst way to mm -hmm. roll this out, only because with the Smash set, no one really anticipated this rollout of, okay, this wave is coming in three months. Yeah, this yeah. next wave is coming in six months. Uh, yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> I still love, though, that we're getting every freaking character. Yeah. It's just so cool. Like, so we, that's that's almost OCD. So we went to Toys R Us <laughs> like, this morning uh, uh -huh. in Pinole, and we saw uh, a huge line. Actually, I'm... I'm, I'm feel sad I didn't get to talk about this while Francisco was here, but we went this morning. Um, huge line. A lot of people excited about uh, just getting Amiibo. They actually had the whole set while we were waiting. They had a ton of Bowser Juniors, so maybe if you're lucky by the time you're listening to this, that was a Toys R Us exclusive. You should go check that out. Um, it wasn't a terrible shopping experience. I actually talked to the first guy in line uh, because I was like, why not try doing my job? Let's see what happens here. And we got to talking. I felt really bad because... Um, he gave me an answer I didn't anticipate, mm -hmm. but then he also shared a lot of things that I thought were really cool. So first of all, he was from Fresno. His name was Chris. Um, he 
No, he, keep, oh, what's that? Talking. He oh man, Show, talk about that real quick. Well, uh, Amazon's Amiibos uh, went oh, are on they sale, going out now? right? Like, and the they rolled Reason. out the classic color Mario Classic color Amiibo at three o'clock, and <laughs> they're great. they're all gone, of course. And then there are only the scalpers left: forty nine dollars, sixty four dollars, seventy one, one hundred dollars plus three ninety nine shipping. And it's like uh, that is still the frustration we have. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but anyway, now I, so I met this dude in line. He he came all the way from Fresno. He said that the advantage of shopping in Panola was that no one ends up at the store. So I asked him what time he got there. One thirty in the morning. No. He had been standing outside. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he was hardcore about it, but he was super approachable, super nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out if you're listening to this, um, Chris. Thanks a lot for taking a few minutes to talk to me. Um, and yeah, there was there was just from what I could tell, enthusiasm. No one really mm-hmm. felt like a scalper. All you heard were different people talking about different Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Online. Um, That's nice to hear. Yeah. For the, well, there was this one quiet guy. I wonder if he was a scalper. <laughs> Insert dun dun dun. Rumble <laughs> <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So. That was that. All right. Um, last thing I want to end on. Uh, actually, two things. One, one thing we have forgotten to mention on the show is that Xenoblade got a collector's edition. Um, I'm oh, just yeah, curious yeah. If, uh, if you guys are excited or interested or, I mean, I was surprised to hear about it myself. Her pre-orders already went up for it. If you can find it, uh, it's probably, it seems like a good deal. I'm actually bringing up some of the, the details on it now. $89.99 special edition will release alongside standard edition on December 4th. Uh, this was announced at PAX Prime. I feel really bad that we, not, we did not talk about this. But included is a copy of the game, an art book with more than 100 pages of concept art, a, matter, a matted art card featuring an illustration from the artist, uh, Takashi Kojo, mm-hmm. and a Xenoblade-themed USB drive. Uh, yeah. So of if you're into things. that stuff, oh, and it has preloaded with 10 music traps from the game soundtrack. Yeah. Oh. Nintendo doesn't do special editions very often. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool to see them pick a hardcore game like this for one. Even yeah, if I it's feel limited. like those are the perfect games to do that with, though. Mm. You know, like personally, right. I I'm not in the market for another USB drive. That yeah, doesn't same. get me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like when when bundles include like statues or certain kind of things that you yeah. can't find in stores afterwards. Yeah, I kind of would have um, wanted that for mine. I yeah. think like having but, one of the skulls in there. Yeah, cool. or an amiibo. Again, not this game, <laughs> not yet. No, but it's uh, you know we we've played this game. Obviously, it's a it's a really cool game. Um, you know, if you're one. into RPGs, definitely put this one on your list. Uh, and like the Nintendo spe- collector's editions always sell out so, quickly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a good choice because you know the hardcore crowd is the kind of crowd that'll. Sp- Spring yeah. for that mm-hmm. collector's edition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love art books and art stuff. So yep. that's mm. all I love when that's included in collector's boxes of any kind. Absolutely. I will put that on my wall 100%. I love sweet, that. Sweet. Yeah, we're lucky here in San Francisco. You go to Japantown, you can go into like Ugh. the Kinokuniya bookstores or any of those. And there are so many art books for video games there. It's yeah. insane, right? Like there's a huge market there's for this stuff one in Japan. Out. And you can find you can find them, and you you will see them go like, that's a really obscure game, and that has an art book. Yeah, mm-hmm. that bookstore so is the best. We yeah, we're sitting here, we we get all those books, but in you know in a lot of cities, it's much harder yeah, to find you that can stuff. Track down some of them on, on Amazon, but yeah. it is hard. Yeah, yeah, and it's very hard. That's why it's cool to see this done for yeah. you know what is a smaller game. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you mentioned that, there's a Mario 30th anniversary art book coming out apparently in Japan. There is a Splatoon one coming out mm-hmm. in October in Japan, <gasps> along with an album called Splat. Tune, which I absolutely love the name <laughs> Splat and then T-U-N. You know, I, you know I love the music. I think the music's yeah, so awesome. It's, uh, yeah. it's really good. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about, 
uh, I want to have a general discussion about. You know, I, you know, we, so we're driving back from Toys R Us. Uh, my mind started wandering to Zelda Maker, which is something that I threw out there as a prediction on this very podcast uh, in one of our E3 prediction episodes. Um, as something that I thought at the time made a lot of sense. You know, I said, well, you can, looking at Mario Maker, looking at how you're sort of putting together 30 years of history in, you know, in, in a way that makes sense and is very easy to design, very easy mm-hmm. to make uh, courses with. After spending as much time with Mario Maker as I have, I'm actually here to say that I don't think Zelda Maker makes a ton of sense anymore. Hmm. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think on this. So at the time, the pitch was... I have was, an opinion. Zelda, the original, Link to the Past, uh, and A Link Between Worlds. There aren't four-hour styles unless you count uh, like a Four Swords Adventures, mm-hmm. you know, GameCube like look. Um, but here's where it's different. In Zelda, uh, in Mario, the abilities between games change significantly. In Mario mm-hmm. One, you could not pick up a turtle shell. Mm-hmm. In New Super Mario Brothers, first time you can wall jump. Mm-hmm. Um, take out the power-ups for a second, too. Mm-hmm. You know, butt stomps, things like that. Like, you saw a progression in not just the look of the game, but mm-hmm. mechanically in those games. I'm not sure that translates to items in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Think about the bow and arrow. Think about the boomerang. Think about, like, these things that have become staples of that series. They kind of work the same every time. But you were hung up on the concept to make it exactly like Mario Maker, where you have changing tile sets and all that, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's a little bit more like, hey, you could you could adjust the graphics on the fly, and all the abilities could be the same across the the, the games. I, I wouldn't see an issue with that kind of approach. I think I would. But I but I think the challenge with Zelda is what do you allow? Um, if you create if you have a Zelda maker that's more like a four sword setup mm-hmm. or like what you know the new one. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank. What's the uh, what's Triforce what's Heroes? what's three three swords called exactly? Yeah. <laughs> Triforce Heroes, the Legend yeah. of the Windbag. Thank you for that T-shirt. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, uh, where you have something that is more of a one dungeon sure. challenge, you mm-hmm. have a limitation sure. where maybe you have one item per character. Sure. It becomes yeah. a different story. And you're jumping ahead here, but that yeah. was my next point. Where yeah. it was going to be, hey, how, what do you allow in terms of when you activate the switch? What triggers? What yeah. doesn't trigger? What happens there? Um, even the way dungeons end, if you look at Zelda through the years, they don't mm-hmm. always end the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like I'm processing this because this is the first di- this is the first time you this told me about this. This is a nerdy conversation. Yeah, sorry about best. that. This is the best. I love this. No, <laughs> I, my first instinct was like, yeah, like top-down Zelda totally makes sense, and now I'm thinking, and I'm like, I would be so bad at that game yeah. because. Zelda dungeons are next level to me sometimes, especially the the farther back you go. So like I could handle maybe designing a link between worlds dungeons because I found those to be significantly easier. Yeah, but e- but even look at that dungeon. Like you're gonna you're gonna turn into a painting on the wall and go around. Like how do you help people oh, understand how God. to use that? No, no, I, I hear you. Sure. It is the, the beauty, mechanics. Yeah, the yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That I wanted no. Callie to finish her point. I'm sorry. No, that was that was my point. Is um, I was just tying it into the Triforce Heroes kind of model where if it were. If there were limitations placed on what you could mm-hmm. do that were puzzles in, of the, in and of themselves, like if each character can only have one weapon or you mm-hmm. know whatever, yeah. whatever the limitation is that would make the the player have to think about it that way and not in the most nebulous way with Zelda, that's when it would work. I don't know. I feel like it would be really, really difficult to come up with a good level or a, a level that was understandable for someone to just kind of jump in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a yeah. certain language with Zelda dungeons, right, in terms of the item you need for that dungeon mm-hmm. and right. what that item can do. And I, I, I don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think there is a community of people on the internet 
who would be very talented at making these things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it translates to something that scales it, quite as, ri- as wide as Mario Maker. It's not, right. because it, it isn't, it's a puzzle game more than a skill game, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Mario, it's so easy to create a level and just get going and like for it to be, even the shortest level for it to be instantly fun. Like right. jumping on enemies with a Zelda game is a very different, very different setup, right? Because already, like, why should I fight any enemy in a in a level that has to be a goal, right? Is mm-hmm. the goal is the goal to open the door, or am I discovering something? Do I have to push blocks? Like, it's a way different different game. Yeah. Um, it's something I'd want to see, but I, I think it's I would, something that presents a huge design challenge. Yeah, yeah, I like what you said about it being there's a language to dungeons, whereas mm-hmm. with with Mario, I mean you. You know, the more Mario you've played, maybe the easier it is to jump into Super Mario Maker right away. But, I mean, we talked to Francisco earlier, like, his wife was playing, and she's not a huge gamer, and she just jumped right in and started designing. Whereas with, if I were to give, you know, my mom a Zelda Maker, Mm -hmm. she's never played a Zelda game, she'd probably not even know where to begin, even if there was the most simple tool set. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just, you, you have to be more familiar with the series, I feel like, for that to work as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when I think about a game like Portal, right, mm-hmm. where the the puzzles can get very complex. Like, could you make a level editor? Sure. But, man, that would be so daunting, right? right. Like, that's where well, they did. You People made to... their own puzzles in Portal on PC. And I've yeah, heard but it ranges a... from really good to really bad. But it's a bad. very specific audience that right. can create, whereas Mario Maker really is for everyone. You heard Francisco yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about, you yeah. know, Bianca being able to just step in and start creating. And that's yeah. that's the beauty of that game, I think. But exactly. I think with Zelda, that, that could happen. I just think that the minute you have to sit down and add logic to everything is when you go, Herp! I, I... What am I going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. I really don't think it would have the same turn on immediately start mm-hmm. playing building. Yeah. Um, I mean, we appeal. care. As, as Zelda I, fans, we as, care. Yeah, as someone who's played lots of Zelda games, like I would be 100% interested in seeing this game. And I do believe that there are people who are talented enough to make playable levels mm-hmm. and, and good levels and levels I would want to see. But it's, it's not the same as Super Mario Maker in it, any sense to me. I, I was actually surprised when you brought up Zelda and Zelda Maker when we first talked about it. Because there's so many Nintendo franchises that lend themselves to level editors in a different way. And they've done it, obviously, for F-Zero and stuff mm. like that yeah. and the, in the past Game Boy Wave yeah. race all those mm. but like you think of Donkey Kong Donkey Kong is like tailor made for a tile set level editor a confined stage or a set of four stages with this kind of story like those games lend themselves to it much more than Zelda where you would have to have some sort of language to say if this switch pressed then that door opened yeah. if this enemy defeated then that's whatever that's a lot more know? like programming languages yeah. are formatted in that well, and two, two, and that's it's a Minecraft, great point to make. You know? Well, it's yeah. not just Minecraft. Uh, WarioWare DIY tried mm-hmm. its hand at that logic, that programming mm-hmm. side of it. And it was something that made sense, but you still had to kind of work to get it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've taken yeah. programming classes. Like, I'm, I'm, I have a basic knowledge of how that would if work. If-then so statements, yeah. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, if-thens and, yeah. and mm-hmm. recursive statements yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That wouldn't be daunting No recursing me. on here. Yeah. Jose is in the room. Shh. <laughs> you're, I'm you're, not on, the cops. you're on fire with the puns today. Yeah. Um, we we caused Jose great pain before the podcast by just doing all our mic tests as, any, as any, curses. Hang well, on, you didn't no, cause me any Jose pain. I felt like you were a little now. hard constricted. Well, no, you well, were. We kind of have to be. It's a were, family show. You yeah. were surprised by me, which uh, yes, yeah. I was. I'd never heard that kind of language. No. How you kiss your mother with yeah, that? Yeah, I, re- I recited <laughs> my favorite moment moment from Kirby Cur- Enthusiasm's mm-hmm. Tourette sequence. Yeah, cool, cool. But um, where 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 was I? That's why I don't like. 
tangents. They pull oh, people away it. from points, oh, and you would never um, return. You're talking about if-then statements oh, and, and just, recursive. So, so, but... Cursing. <laughs> for, for someone who, if that was their first exposure, I could see that actually helping people learn, you know, the... the the language of programming, not programming languages, but the overall idea of programming. Yeah, like maybe that was that'd be a cool learning thing for a kid. Yeah. I don't know. Takes like, a certain brain. It, though. You it's... you got to be able to kind of tune well, well, into that. Yeah, with Mario Maker, just because everyone can make something doesn't mean they're making stuff that's good. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of levels that were clever, and I've seen some levels that I'm just like, this makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Like I just I don't get the logic here. Some of them though have been very crafty in making puzzles out of things you never would have thought. Yeah. Where Brendan and I played a stage, uh, a series of stages recently. Um, we did this on Made in Mario, where uh, the first stage was in Super Mario World, and it was a puzzle where you mm -hmm. had to send one spiny shell to the right, one spiny shell uh, to the left. And if you timed it right, they would knock down a catapult, so you would catch it. You have to use the catapult to activate other blocks so that the spiny shells could fall and sort of trigger something else. Mm -hmm. So it turned into this strange Rube Goldberg, except it wasn't. You had to you know, flip certain switches. But when you got it right, you got a feather, which was the only way to get out of the stage. Mm -hmm. Now you have a cape so that when you, you basically took a pipe back to the start of level, you can run across, fly, and make it through the goal. Oh, that's great. And I thought that's that was clever. Super clever. But it was something that there a lot of trial and error came with it because there's no language there. There's no there's nothing being said to you, written mm. on the screen. But that's like classic video kind of games. Around. Like remember playing Raiders of the Lost Ark on the Atari VCS? I'm and not going that like, old. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, yeah. really, I'm really not I that did. old. Yeah. Like we had to all figure all that stuff out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why we're so smart. Yeah. All right. Well, Zelda Maker, I, I, I hold out hope that if there's any company that can figure it out, I do believe it would be Nintendo. Um, but I have um, reduced my enthusiasm for believing it will be Would as, you say as, you've as, curbed as, your enthusiasm? Mm -hmm. Possibly. I have. And I have also reached the end of this podcast. Wow. We are done. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a mm. weekly show on IGN. But we are not the only show on IGN. And in fact, there's plenty of things you could check out that we make. We got a new series made in Mario. We're trying to do them daily. If you're not watching them, guess what? We're not going to make them. So check those out. Watch them 20 times. Yeah, you can see cool stuff on uh, <laughs> Snapchat. I'm not going to argue with you. You're going to see. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Are you making? Are you going to make some levels to share too? Or uh, like, we're working on that part. Okay. We're working on that part. I, I've made a few under my uh, Japanese Wii U that most people haven't found, even though it's super obvious. Okay, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> All right. I will. I will recreate the stage that we played together oh, um, nice. over the weekend. I'm okay. going to have to rebuild it. I can rebuild it from our Let's Play. It, nice. By just nice. At it. Do pauses. Yeah, um, I'm sure someone out there is. Done yeah, that. and yeah, then. And sharing levels I'll share, so it, I'll share it on my home. Twitter and then okay. maybe we'll post it in the yeah, podcast we'll, in the we'll build a, maybe an IGN wiki where we can mm -hmm. kind of stockpile this stuff it's just please understand that it is hard to <laughs> to uh, we'd have to recreate these from scratch because yeah. these were made on prior builds of the mm -hmm. game yep. yeah. alright uh, so what else uh, you can leave us feedback email us at mvc at IGN.com or head on over to iTunes leave us a review we always appreciate your feedback. And lastly, you can find us all on Twitter. So I'm going to speak for Francisco. You can find him uh, at Kikin81, K-I-K-I-N-81. Mm -hmm. You can find Pear at? Pear IGN. You can find Callie at? Inky Dojiko. She I... says it in the same voice every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do this on Anime Club as well. I do a little dance. It's okay. I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. It's a mnemonic device. She's totally trying <laughs> to help right. you out. It's All right. Japanese. <laughs> and you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. <laughs>